Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 126. The Amateur Skeptics are the proudest member of the Dumbass Media Network. I am your cisgendered, monosexual host, Brian. Joining me this evening, Terry. What's the monosexual? I'll explain it in a second. <laughs> it's a Mr. Deity reference. Hello, everyone. <laughs> and of course, the dumbass himself. I am woman. See me sit down to pee. Excellent. How is everybody doing? I'm doing pretty good. So, yeah, Mr. Deity has a, um, has a, uh, he did, uh, it's the way of the mister. And, uh, so the, so they're taking these people and teaching them how to not be monosexuals so that they can be, uh, I forget what his term was. It's very funny. I now have to, I'll have to find it for you. So monosexual, it, you know, I'm, I'm only interested in one sex. As opposed to polysexual? Oh, there you go. As opposed to, you know, polysexual. Or bi, I guess bisexual. Bisexual. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. So I'm not interested in having sex with men. I've said it. Okay? Hey, man, that's fine. We're all open-minded podcast co-hosts. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh I forgot. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Shit, you guys have to consummate your gay marriage. That was my that outside voice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wow, I tell you what, it's a little different. I can tell that, you know, recording with just the three of us, there's a lot less background noise. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really quiet when somebody's not speaking. Like usually there's, you know, some sort of hum or something in the background. So uh, everybody's doing well? I'm doing great. Yeah. I was just telling you guys I had the best bike ride today. Yeah. So shout out to my bike riding buddies. Thank you. Thank you. Do, do they listen to this? Uh, I think a little bit. If I point it out, if I say I mentioned you guys, they might listen. Ah, but you probably can't tell us their names. How much? How much information can you give us? I don't know how much they want me to disclose. Actually, <laughs> no, don't. No, don't, don't. <laughs> well, good. Yeah, no, I've I've had a good week. It's probably best not to mention other people's names without their permission. No, it's it is best. I was. Yeah, no, it's bad. <laughs> Well, good. Well, we've got all sorts of uh, wonderful things coming up this evening. Uh, we have uh, clothing with uh, an area for providing access. openness for the penis, access to the penis. We're going to talk about IUDs in in Colorado and uh, some wonderful politics going on here in Colorado. We're going to talk about some transgender issues. I think uh, this will be fun. But we should get started with the masturbate. Oh, no. I apologize. We, I guess we need to make some announcements about AnomalyCon, March 27th and 29th, through the 29th. And I, and Karanda will be there. Karanda joined us once before. Brian and Baxter are going to be there, and Dr. Karen Sowes now as well. Cool. We'll cool. be featured guests. Ooh. So what is AnomalyCon? I forget which one this is. It's pro- It's got to be some sort of an anime con. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. I'm sure it's an, an anime con of some Colorado's sort. Colorado's own steampunk and alternate... Oh, it's the steampunk history convention. Sorry, okay. steampunk and alternate history. Excellent. Interesting. Yeah, but Karanda was fun when she had had um, when we had her on the show. She would be there, and of course, Brian Baxter are great, and Doctor Karen Stolzenhaus is great. Yeah, all all fun people to talk to. Yeah. So now we can yeah. masturbate with in the masturbation moment. The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. 
Ooh. Hey, do you guys do this with a dildo in your ass? I don't. You don't? Yeah. <laughs> I was I was thinking it was just me. I'm glad that somebody else joins me. <laughs> I've got a cup of tea in my hand. Is that <laughs> No, that's not that's not quite the same. I <laughs> Maybe we should consider renaming this because you know we we talk about masturbation but also all sorts of other sexual yeah, type we topics. Yeah, we do. So. We should rename it. Yeah, I think it's time to to broaden it a little bit. It's basically our general sex topic of the show which has been all over the place. So we we guess we need to expand it. So listeners, we'll... send us a title. Yeah. <laughs> so we can rename it. Well, and of course, then we have to redo the intro, and our intro is so good. So, I mean, <laughs> can dumbass outdo himself? I don't know. Well, the intro is a little bit outdated, too, because it's now you've changed it to Ian and Terry's masturbation moment. But that's true. That's I true. Just... It's not just Ian anymore. So we've got yeah. lots more masturbators. Yeah, so it's outdated. So, it, so we, we probably should change the name of the segment. You're right. It, it always gets more complicated when you let the girl come along. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so tell me about the fashion wear. So the Rick Owens men, menswear show featured lots of short pants, long socks, and beautiful men, and three penises. So this is the first time that we've had full frontal male nudity at a high fashion show, and this was the Paris fashion show. And, so has uh, there been full frontal female nudity before? I think there has. I'd have to look. There has definitely been full frontal breasts, and I'm some of those sheer things that they wear, I'm not, I'm not sure if we've seen any vulvas. I'll have to look that up. I assumed that there had, but I'll have to look. I like that it's non-sexual, though. Like, it's just these guys walking and their penises are out, but it's not like they're erect or anything. They're just rocking the clothes. And we do see women's breasts all the damn time. So I like that we're seeing penises, too. Um, from, the New York time, or from the New York Magazine article, Paris. The Rick Owens show began with a jolt of thundering techno music, which made many showgoers jump in fear. But cut to the chase, the next gasp came about halfway through the show when male models came down the runway fully exposed. Yes, there were about three penises visible and flopping around. The show started with shorts over leggings, then shorts with pulled up to the hem socks, and then shorts over leggings over pulled up to the hem socks. Black wash leather overcoats were soon joined by a wool duffel coat that looked like it had been splattered with blood. Then a kind of religious tribal element seeped in with a shift-like robe, some dangling with fluttering materials reminiscent of wind chimes. Some of them had an arched peephole opening revealing the model's manhood. This actually heightened the religiosity aspect. It wasn't done in bad taste, but it was mysterious, like sending out bold fertility gods. Interesting. I know. <laughs> it's an interesting description of that. You know, penises aside, I just think I don't understand fashion. I kind of like some, I don't, I definitely don't, uh, but I kind of like some of the looks, like the legging, the knee-high socks and shorts thing is kind of cool on guys, and I don't understand why you would need your penis out, but the Jezebel article is the one that has the unblurred images. Um, in the Jezebel article, I don't know if you guys looked at this clo as closely as I did for research purposes, <laughs> <laughs> but the third image, the last dude is so thin. Like, I'm not even looking at his penis. I'm worried about his health. He's so thin. And we harp all the time about the pressure for women to be thin. Well, this poor guy is under a lot of pressure to be that thin. No, I, I think that a lot of them are under that. I think men can have more weight on them because they can carry more muscle, right? And that's an accepted look. But you're right. All these models have to be thin. Yeah, but that guy in particular, that well, last, the yeah, last penis guy, yeah. oh, he's so his thighs are so thin. It's, look at his knees. Yeah, I know. You can see the bone structure. In yeah, sense. I mean, this is a, I mean, this is in general an issue with modeling for men and women. 
Yeah. Although you've got to be careful because some people are really thin naturally and it's not a thing of anorexia or something like that. Well, I'm not even claiming anorexia here. I'm just saying in general that particular industry um, promotes that model. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, so, well, a lot of people like really struggle to try to meet up with that, and that is something that. Uh, but for guys, though, it, guys have more of a problem with you know feeling like they need to bulk up way too much. That's true. There's a lot. What, of what's that, that going called on. again? Is there a specific name for that? Oh, there must be. Yeah, I don't know. There's got to be some name for that. I think I've heard a specific name for that at some point, but I forget what it is. But yeah, a lot of guys feel like they need to like spend way too much time uh, lifting weights and bulking up, and they and they're really afraid of uh, being weak and, uh, you know, being seen as uh, lesser men. That's so interesting because the fashion industry, it's all super thin men. Although a lot of these guys are very thin, but they look healthy. This poor guy in particular, who may just be, that may just be his body type, you're right. Uh, But he just, he doesn't look healthy to me. Like I find all kinds of men attractive and that's, that guy's kind of my type, but he's just too thin. He makes me, it looks like he's, I have the same kind of reaction to a lot of uh, fashion model women as well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Anyway. Well, and we've said before that this look, like particularly the women, that that look is about attracting other women, not men. So what is the bulking up thing about men? Is that about showing off? I think I think I think once again, I don't know women. I don't know if women like that or not. But I think that that, you know, when we talk about your manly men, you know, you you know, I mean, muscles are, are part of that. So I was at our neighborhood pool one day, and there was one of those totally roided out guys there. And he was the slowest, dumbest motherfucker I have ever seen. (laughs) And watching this guy try to move his body into the pool, like he was so big and bulky, he couldn't, he had no flexibility. It was ridiculous. He was scary to look at because he was just physically intimidating because he was so damn big. But, um, I could have outrun him at a brisk walk because he just – he was so muscle-bound, he just couldn't move. It was crazy. Not attractive. Not attractive to me. Yeah, I sometimes wonder also about what the long-term effects of that are. I mean I think that a lot of – I've seen a lot of like bodybuilders and stuff like that that have bad backs. I think that they overdo it. I mean they're not just strengthening those muscles. They're pushing them too hard sometimes. Sure. There's the – I understand the desire for definition because heaven knows I work on that all the time, uh, strengthening my core and trying to get strong on the bike and stuff. I, I get that. I get, and I like how def, defined muscles look, but I think there's a line where, yeah, it's just too much and it's too hard on your body. It's not about being strong and whatever. It's about overdoing it or showing off or something. Yeah. I when I uh, On my bowling league, there are some guys that are definitely – on steroids, and I, I say I say that, and they certainly look like it to me. I guess I don't know that for sure. How and do they do? They flex when they grab their balls up off the thing, and no, not particularly, but definitely. They, I mean, they they've spent a lot of time at the gym. Yeah. Huh. So the next article we're going to cover in the masturbation segment is actually about masturbation, from Jezebel again. Sorry, uh, they have a great <laughs> article about the etiquette of waking up to find your partner masturbating beside you. Do you? Laugh, ignore it, lend a hand, or shut it down. And this is based on a letter to Dear Prudence, the advice columnist. This woman woke up to find her whatever boyfriend or something next to her in bed masturbating after she had told him she was not down to fuck. Um, and she got all upset about it and shut it down. And uh, Prudy's response was just great. She was like, uh, you, 
he was being respectful to you. You said you didn't want to have sex with him. And he was so turned on by being in bed with you that he needed to, to masturbate. Why did you shut that down? Yeah. So, I, I agree. It, with it that. seems strange that uh, if you're like intimate with somebody, that you would be like, like you should be comfortable with them doing sexual functions around you if you're that intimate with them. Sure. You know what? If I wake up and my partner's masturbating, it turns me the fuck on. <laughs> oh, God. Me too. Yeah, yeah totally, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I would totally I don't understand this reaction at all. And I mean, even if you're not in the mood and you, and it's like, you know, the vibrations are bothering mm-hmm. you, just say, "Hun, could you go do that somewhere else? Or here, let me finish you faster. Exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can I hold that for you? Can I give you a hand there? <laughs> but do a lot of, like, I don't know. I don't think this is a situation mm-hmm. that has ever happened to me personally, but I'm wondering if it happens to a lot of people where their partners wake them up masturbating. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I a woman masturbating is sexy. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem like something that, you know, if you're intimate with somebody, you should be icked out about. Yeah, no. No, I t- completely agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I th- it was a little weird. And after she admitted, here's the thing that, ki- that gets me. She admitted that he has a high libido, a strong libido. And recently, because of stuff not related to him outside of the relationship, she has been uninterested in sex. So what does she expect him to do? Did she expect him to to not masturbate, or you know, or, or to not find a way to satisfy those urges for himself? What is her I, I think expectation? Based on her letter, if I read her letter correctly, she just thought that it was impolite of him to do it in front of her, like right next to her. There is what I thought she was thinking. That she she thought it was like, like a weird thing to do with him. Which that's a that's a thing where uh, are you sure you you feel like you have an intimate enough relationship with him? Right. Yeah. Because hasn't she been privy to that type of activity in the past? <laughs> you know, you would think if they'd been like, yeah. They've probably never masturbated for each other. That could be. That's a shame. Well, and I'm wondering if it has to do with that whole masturbation taboo. Like maybe was she shocked by the masturbation itself or was she shocked that he was doing it in front of her or with her right there? You and know, then he didn't seem to be ashamed of it. And she was like shutting that down. Like, why would you shut that down? This goes back to religious nonsense. Yeah, agreed. Yep. It's it's too bad too because it's a very pretty it's a very natural function. Good on Prudy for giving a good answer though too. Yeah, her her answer was more politically correct than mine would have been. Right. Baby steps though. I mean, I, I still want to know what her expectation was. I mean, is it is it just that he do that somewhere else? Well, so there's this. I don't. Maybe this wasn't it. Uh, but I think that some I have heard and uh, heard other women speak of this and read about it and stuff. Uh, some women think that uh, pornography or masturbating is a form of cheating somehow. I have heard that too. That's an interesting topic. Um, I didn't get that impression from this letter, not, though. Not particularly. Um, yeah. The impression that I got was basically that she was weirded out by the what he was doing in front of her and – you know my policy is not to blame people for feeling their feelings. So okay. it, so I, I can't say you know that I think she's wrong for feeling this way, but I think she needs to start you know asking herself, you know, what do I feel towards this man? What level of intimacy do I want from this relationship? I think that on his part, the fact that he was open enough to to be feel comfortable doing it right there, you know, okay, she's not interested, but I I got to take care of this. Yeah, you know good on him. Yep. It's unfortunate 
Yeah, so that he, she might, feels he might that be way. feeling more, uh, more intimate in this relationship than she is. And maybe she needs to start asking herself why that is. Yeah. This could wreck a relationship very easily. Um, Dan Savage has uh, – I love Dan Savage's Love Cat po- – uh, what is it? The Savage Love Cast podcast. He talks a lot about um, this uh, – the unequal libido thing or um, being sexually incompatible as being a huge killer to a relationship. Like people write him letters for advice all the time and he's like, if you're sexually incompatible, you cannot fix that. Get out of the relationship because 10 years down the road, two kids in, you are going to need to get out of the relationship. But maybe this is where people should be investigating Polly more. Like it's like I, you, you can have a really strong relationship with somebody that maybe isn't as sexual as you need it to be. You know, there there are other possibilities to have a discussion about. It doesn't have to be me and you or forget it. Right. And I think that that's part of the problem is that we're not we're not suggesting those conversations. Right. It's always it's always you find a mate that, that, that you can live with forever. And, and that's what you do. And that's but, the only person you're ever going to fuck. Exactly. Yeah. It seems like that's the only socially acceptable re- um, relationship where clearly we should be investigating all these other types of relationships. And they're not going to work for everybody. I'm not suggesting that that Polly would work for, you know, for. for for any of these people, but the discussion can be had if you have a really strong connection just with somebody, but yet the sexual piece is not fulfilling enough. Maybe there's an answer to that that sh- that can be talked about instead of just throwing thing, throwing you know, throwing everything away. Well, well I think the, I think the important thing is that you want to make sure that uh, you both partners are in a situation that they can live with. Basically, you know, it could be that maybe one partner is isn't as much into it as the other one, but uh, the the one who's more into sex can make do with just, you know, uh, doing stuff on the internet to get off uh, when uh, the other partner's not uh, willing and they're both accepting of that. Yeah, a supplement with pornography. Why not? And it's not just poly. You can do, like, um, Dan Savage calls it monogamish, where you sort of have this agreement that you have your number one, but occasionally a one or the other of you gets a hall pass. If that's what works for them, why not? It works, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my my only point is is that there's a lot of options. Yeah, I and agree. we're not and they're not being talked about as readily as they should be because of the social stigma. Because of the social stigma. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> this is under the jackass of the week. So this goes back a little ways though, and I I put this first article in uh, from Rachel Maddow. This was about Colorado's governor race. And Bob Beaupre, which I don't know if we talked about this or not, he is against birth control, a lot of forms of birth control, much like Hobby Lobby, where, where I think some of this is stemming from. So we had – in this uh, race, we had several people who were trying to keep their seats that reneged on the whole personhood amendment. Do you, you guys know what that was in Colorado? Basically, oh, yeah. as soon as you fertilize the egg, it's, it's a person, which would make abortion pretty much illegal. So Bob Beaupre – he is our. He's a former former uh, House of Representatives for Colorado. Was running it, running for mayor, and so in in a debate, he came out and said that these types of birth controls were. Um, oh man, they they had a great word for it. Abortive or something. Um, it's it's something like that. Abortificants. Oh, yes. Darn it. Abortification. Abortification. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So birth control is abortification, even though. We know that these birth controls prevent implantation, so it's not a it's not an abortion. They are driving this hard line 
that anything that prevents implantation is an abortion. Well, that makes sense if you believe that a fertilized egg cell is a person. So every time a woman has a period, she's killing a fetus. She's killing it. Yeah. Well, uh, except for that, it wouldn't be uh, fertilized. Fertilized. Well, there's no guarantee that any of these, you know, these other birth control are the if you if you're using an IED, not every egg is going to be fertilized. Hardly yeah. any eggs are going to be fertilized well, if you use you the go. right IUD because there is an IUD that has um, hormones in it that prevents ovulation. So if you do happen to ovulate, it's so rare that it's going to be fertilized. You know, like, the, what, there's several different types of IEDs. Some of them have that. Some of them don't. Um, some of them yeah. are just the copper piece. I mean, there's. But it's not like it's like to Demis's point, though. It's not like even if you were just ovulating all over the place and having an IUD that was copper wire or whatever, um, you not every egg would get fertilized. Like it's just so it's just so ridiculous. It's such a ridiculous misunderstanding of this form of birth control. I don't know. I I don't know why people say Bob Oprey didn't win. He was. Our current Hickenlooper was the incumbent. That might have had something to do with it. But regardless, he, he didn't make it. But now... Um, I love the name Hickenlooper. <laughs> <laughs> That's an awesome name to have. <laughs> he's kind of a cool dude, too. I like him. Do you? So I have in the past. I don't know how he's doing as governor. I, I, don't, I don't particularly care for him as governor, but that's a different discussion altogether. Now, a Republican lawmaker is opposing efforts to continue an anti- uh, preventative program that promotes IEDs to poor women because he believes birth control methods to be an abortification that would stop small children from implantation. While this program has done extremely well, uh, estimated teen birth rates was down 40%. So whatever our birth rate already was, we're down 40% of that. And so they were looking to expand the program and, and put more money into this program because it was working so well. So I think he's the I think he's the chair of the but the state Senate Health and Human Services Committee chair, Senator Kevin Lumber Lumberberg opposes funding the family planning inter. You can do it, Brian. Ah, uh, go shit! <laughs> God damn it! You got it. You got it. The family planning initiative on grounds that. I, IUDs, I think I'm saying IEDs or something, IUDs induce abortions, even though even though doctors and scientists tell us that that's inaccurate. These anti-scientists, creationist motherfuckers, I don't know that for sure. I imagine that, you know, that he's a conservative anti, anti-science zealot, and now he's going, he wants to reduce funding for this based on the fact that he thinks they're a they're an abortification. And the problem is, is that Hobby Lobby has already won this. This is this is what Hobby Lobby was saying. And, and now anything they feel is an abortion, they don't have to pay for in their in their health plan. So we have a program that's that is reducing teen pregnancies that they want to strip the funding for because it because it's advocating IEDs and working. That's the other thing is that it's working. It's effective. It's yeah. effective. Weird. They've decided that some sort of insolment happens the moment the sperm enters the egg and now it's suddenly a person and it's a weird belief to have because it's like you know it, it's not a person <laughs> it, well, it, it not much has changed yet it's it started to uh, the the cells have started to divide more and it's starting on its journey but 
it's not it's a like small well, why why would you pick the, that point to, like it, it's almost arbitrary to say that this is the point where it becomes a person well that's what the personhood amendment wants to do is arbitrarily say the moment of conception that that's a person and when you go back to this idea of the soul if you believe in a soul when does it enter the body is it at the moment of conception can I tell you how much I love the word insolment? That's a great word, dumbass. <laughs> it's not my word. I've heard it from somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, like, they, they've got this idea that, and, and they've just decided, oh, it, the, the soul goes in when the sperm enters the egg. And it's like, well, why, why isn't the sperm already, the, the soul already in each individual egg or each individual sperm? What, well, maybe that's it. Why, the doesn't the, why doesn't the soul go in, you know, when the brain is more developed? Well, that's a good what? question because... Well, and scientifically, consciousness comes from the brain, so that can't even be a person until it has a functioning brain. Yeah, a fetus that, that doesn't have a, a brain yet, a little a zygote, doesn't feel pain. No. At that point, when I mean, the what first trimester abortion, and how many how many natural abortions are there in the first trimester? Oh, it's huge. I want to say it's like. 25% or something. I think it? it's higher than that. Oh, yeah. They say they say you should wait like the three months uh, before yeah. announcing you're pregnant just in case. Yeah. One, yeah. It's, it's 33%, right? It's a third of all pregnancies are, um, end up in miscarriages. Wow. Isn't it that high? I guess I'll we should. Up. Yeah, look that up. So what happens if we do have a personhood amendment and you miscarry? Is there a trial? Wasn't someone accused of yeah, abortion? Some, by, somebody yes. was. Yeah. I think there has been a trial. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there was a trial, but there was certainly an accusal. WebMD says as many as 50%. So it's even higher than I said. According to WebMD, I don't know how credible okay. that is. I don't know. WebMD is okay. I, w I mean, I would want another source to verify it, but I'm saying 33, they're saying 50. I'm saying it's high, regardless. Yeah. 10 to 25% is what I'm seeing from some of the other sources. Really? Because um, when we had our miscarriage, the doctor told us that it was a third. I believe. Yeah, I'm sure it's. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm 50 percent. I've had two, um, four pregnancies and two children. So, and so my rate of miscarriage yeah. is 50 percent. So, probably higher. Probably a way lot higher than that. Actually. Okay, so we're one in four. Well, my mother miscarried one child. Um, so two out of three uh, of us uh, were born uh, well, or. Well, I was born prematurely, so. But I, anyway, <laughs> so. But yeah, I, I, two out of three of us have lived uh, to be adults. Okay, so that's uh, one miscarriage. Okay, so you're at you're at a third. Jen and I are at a fourth, right? Yep. And you're at fifty percent. Yep. At least though, because how many eggs got fertilized in all of those many months that we were trying to get pregnant and just didn't ever implant or whatever? That's a really good question. It's, right? it's probably there's probably quite a few. I would think, yeah. Yep. So I mean that's a, that's aside from the the IUD, you know. Right, this was trying to get pregnant. Right, exactly. You were trying. So th this kind of stuff scares me because it seems like this religious fervor is becoming more and more so, you know. I mean th as they lose some of these arguments, they're ramping it up. I mean this is this is ludicrous. If they're it really staking their staking their entire argument on like 
one really arbitrary point just because they need to hold on with their fingertips, I think. Yeah, it does seem like that. What's so frustrating to me is how many, like if they're actually anti-abortion, how many actual abortions have been prevented by preventing the freaking pregnancies in the first place? Well, that's the whole point. If they if they really want to stop abortions. They would do contraception. Right. And here's a problem. Here's another problem I have. This is where kind of, where I'll, I'll, yes, these same people, how they feel about um, welfare. They want to, a lot of them want to, I have a friend who is against abortion and wants to eliminate welfare. I mean, that's just, I can't, I'm speechless about that. Yeah, it's, it's insane. So let's take away all the programs that help a child after they're born. And let's take away all the programs that allow people to prevent pregnancy. One of the big things I think is that uh, some of these people are operating under the delusion that we live in a meritocracy. Right. Where where people get what they deserve out of life if they just put the effort into it. Which uh, which can be the case, but it's generally not the case that the more effort you put in, the more you you uh, get out of like. There are people who are really qualified and really good workers who just can't find a job, and they, it's not that they don't deserve a job, or that they're lazy. No. Yeah. Well, I think that has to do with religion too, though, right? Doesn't that come from like the? Uh, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, but yeah, people. People want to judge others who are down on their luck and think, well, it's your fault. If it, if you didn't, uh, you're probably boozing or you're on drugs or something. And it's it can be the case, but it's not necessarily the case. Life isn't always fair. And, you know, we we don't live in a meritocracy. A lot of people have wealth that they don't deserve. And a lot of people who d- would deserve more wealth don't have it. Have poverty they don't deserve. Exactly. You know, we are enough of an affluent society that we can provide a, a minimum income. We can provide a minimum standard for health care. We can provide, you know, all, we can provide these things, but we choose not to. Well, it's like, like I said, people think it's a meritocracy and they think to themselves, hey, I have to work for my living to, to earn every penny that I get to put food in mine and my family's mouths. Mm-hmm. And you're expecting me to contribute money. To, so that these bums who don't deserve it are getting money. It's funny. A lot of the women that uh, my wife work with at this daycare are far more highly educated than me. Right? They have more schooling. They spend a lot more time getting their education, and they make half of what I make if they're lucky. Because we don't value childcare. Yeah, exactly. And the, these are smart women who did this not because they couldn't have done something else, but because they enjoyed what they were doing. It's it's disgusting in a lot of ways. And well, it's sexist too, because that's traditionally been women's work, right? Well, the, I mean, that's that's another part of the problem, right? It's certainly a big part of it, I think. In that, it's interesting though. In that line of work, it's it's much more difficult to be a man and work in that environment. I'm sure. Yeah. People are concerned about you know that you're going to rape their child. Now, yeah, we got something coming up about. Uh being afraid of men raping you uh, a little bit later too, don't we? <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it talks about that fear. So I was I was pretty disturbed by this. And what really scares me about it, unlike the governor's race where he gets beat, right, there's somebody else that's also pushing the same agenda in the Colorado House of Representatives or Senate rather. There's probably somebody in the House of Representatives too. This particular gentleman's in the Senate. And he's the chair of the Health and Human Services Committee. 
and he wants to get rid of this because because it's an abortification. Well, sir, even if it is, abortion is legal. <laughs> yeah, but he'd want to change that too. Well, of course yeah. he does. For now, it's legal. But we keep – the personhood amendment dies every single time that that is brought up. And even if it passed, it would be held up in court and probably, you know, stricken. But nobody's gotten it passed to, to challenge it, right? No, no state will vote for this thing. Even conservative, you know, um, southern states, it said in here, um, have rejected this. So there's hope, right? Well, there is, but what what scares me is that he can defund this, right? He can probably get the support to defund this in this committee, or just not push to fund it. Right, which is essentially defunding it. Sure. Either way, and being the chair, he has a lot of sway. I don't know enough about the guy, but this pissed me off. Now the more topics I find disturbing. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not the transgender part that I find disturbing. It's everybody's reaction to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So where do we want to start? Do you want to start with the – oh, go ahead, Dennis. Yeah, I was was just going to say we might as well start off with uh, the – the thing about uh, gender-specific products, the, the order that it's gone and that we've got it in there. Okay, so this is from Howard. Thanks, Howard. Thanks, Howard. Do you want to do it, Dennis? Uh, sure. Uh, basically, it's a list of uh, products that basically they've tailored these products to different genders, whether you're male or female, and, and it's kind of ridiculous. Like, did we really need that to be made uh, into a specific thing for females? Like, they've got a pink gun. For women, which so here, um, the article starts out. So it's pink gun. Come on, ten most silly products made especially for men and women. The pink gun in particular is <laughs> is kind of scary. Um, there was something specific I wanted to stop you before we went on because it, the article, the the article, I, I may have interrupted you for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> It does seem to me like people should have a choice of uh, different colors or styles they want of things. I suppose if somebody wants a pink gun, good for them. Although it it just seems like tailoring it specifically to women, to, it, it's kind of weird. I mean, it, but a lot of these are things that it's like, do we really need uh, a man version of those or a woman version of those? Do we meet, Do we need mandals instead of candles? I, I don't because know. candles are too effeminate. You want mandals. <laughs> I have seen I've seen the pink gun, and I've seen uh, the the purple ones. Um, I think that they're also a little smaller for women's hands, uh, which is fine, right? I, I that that is I think reasonable. I think uh, so. Um, but here's the thing: he links to the uh, to the uh, bullets. Did you guys look at the bullets? No. They're shotgun shells. They don't go in this gun. They don't They're go not in bullets. that gun. No, that's not a shotgun. <laughs> so, so somebody's making. This is making, like a handgun. It's right. like a Glock so, nine or something. But the the shotgun shells are are pink. Does to support breast cancer awareness. <laughs> sick. It is kind of sick. But so this, but a lot of these in here, I, I gotta say, I was not as offended by it as the gun. It's like, uh, okay, a pink gun. I mean, why not? Right. Ultimately, this is about will it sell. So sure. whether whether we think it's crazy or not, if a woman says, "Hey, I like the pink gun," uh, I think that sure. that's, I mean, uh, that's reasonable. That's Don't... her prerogative, but it does seem silly to because like a gun isn't doesn't. I don't think a gun should be a fashion accessory. Okay, <laughs> you know, sure. But if I'm going to already make it, maybe I'm making it a little bit smaller, right, mm-hmm. uh, for a woman's hand. 
And while I'm yeah, at that's it, fine. I'm going to make it pink. Uh, the problem is, though, that when you start gen- doing gendered products, a few years ago, a toy company came out with um, microscopes for kids, and they had a boy version and a girl version, pink and blue. Guess which one was more powerful? The blue. Guess, guess which one had more accessories and more cool science-related stuff with it? The, the blue, blue one. The blue one. Yep. Yeah. No, that's a problem. I agree. Um, the man candle that smells like farts, uh, come on, that's a joke item. Why the hell not? Yeah, although they also have, like, black leather jacket and hickory smoked bacon if you like those scents. Okay. Although, you know, like, a woman could like those scents, too, I suppose. Sure, How why can you not? differentiate black leather from other colors of leather, though? You can't. By scent. No. But I did find <laughs> the bounce for men funny. Because I've never used a bounce, and afterward went, boy, these, these clothes, they sure, they sure, uh, they smell flowery. <laughs> I can't be wearing this. Honey? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's probably unnecessary. I've run into, uh, what was, did I run into something with it? Um, Dove for men in the store or something? Uh, I've run into some, some sort of things in the store that, that were like products that they've turned into for men. And it's probably just like the same stuff. Well, it probably is. They just rebranded it. I, I love that there's, there's. They resent it. Yeah, they resent it. That's the other thing. A lot of these do have sense, right? Which I and I have super sensitive skin, so I try to buy everything unscented if I can. Yeah. Like I don't use scented products if I can help it. The what the hanger made out of uh, what is that? Uh, it looks like rebar. Iron. It's, it's not... rebar. Yeah, it's rebar. <laughs> it's a rebar hanger. <laughs> it says it's always been difficult for men to use lady hangers, seeing that they're made of chamomile tea and tampons, which instantly <laughs> collapse into tears when you try to hang your manliest clothes on them. <laughs> I'll tell you what, this is probably good for hanging up a leather jacket or something that required, that is a little bit heavier. It has to be a black leather jacket, though. You yeah, it to needs yeah. to be black. Yeah, not uh, Brown ones are lighter, I think. Right. Yeah, absolutely. What I really love are the flower-covered, like a flower-covered hammer. This is hilarious. <laughs> this is great. The screwdriver set, yeah. <laughs> okay, it's a little obnoxious, but, you know, I mean, once again, why not? It's If it's going to sell and they're going to make money from it, Somebody wants this. You know, the yeah. point in favor of this is that the men might be too ashamed to use your tools and you'll know where to find them. Ah, uh, you think that there's a, yeah. So, but here's the thing is that that hammer is unusable. I'm sorry. What are you going to use that for? That little thing. That little tiny. Yeah. That's not a hammer. <laughs> something tiny. Yeah. Have. I mean, for putting, hanging a picture or something, it's probably fine. <laughs> Kleenex for a man. I love it. Yeah. But what, what was special about the Kleenex for men? It's man's I think it's just that they're bigger and more rugged. Oh, well, you know what? I do have a big, bigger rugged nose. <laughs> the good news is Amazon will deliver them to your door no matter what country you live in. The bad news is we all know what you're using them for. Just make sure to wipe down your keyboard with your man-sized tissues. <laughs> <laughs> because I have a man-sized load. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what would a woman-sized load look like? I don't know. I don't know. Here, okay. So here, the Legos, okay, this bothers me because it seems like they go out of their way, far out of their way, you know, to, to make these Legos girly, where really they could sell the space Legos for boys and girls and have a girl astronaut and a boy astronaut until the same thing, right? Because, yeah. I mean, oh, this... But then a lot of girls really do like girly things like this. Yeah, they do. I mean, maybe this is good. I, I don't know. 
I don't know. I have a problem generally. Legos come in sets now. It's harder to buy just like free form boxes of Legos that don't have like instructions to build a specific thing. Um, the base sets. I love the base set. I used to all. I used to get as many bases as I could. I always wanted because you need you need those pieces to expand. Right. So yeah. uh, we have piles and piles of old Legos, and they're all kinds of colors. And uh, but there aren't many girls, so we need more girl minifigs in our Lego set. Okay. But I don't know that we need princesses though. Yeah. Just girl minifigs. You could pop a princess dress on or whatever, or princess hair. But it, it just seems like though they're. I mean. It seems like they're simplifying it to, oh, girls should like this and boys should like this, which seems really silly to me. I mean, I think these kind of things should be available for people who like them, but it does seem like it goes too far in gender stereotypes when they just expect girls and boys to like the specific things and to automatically go gaga over them. Or to make it, like, it, would it be okay for a boy to buy the princess Lego set? Or would the I boy's would so. parents feel uncomfortable because of societal pressure to be the gender binary, you know? Well, it's probably way more socially acceptable for you to buy a girl space Legos than it is for you to buy a boy princess Legos. Probably true, yep. Right or wrong, I think that's how it is. The next one, I thought this was ridiculous. So they have pens for women. It's big pens in pastel colors. And they could have just said pastel colors, but instead, no, these are for her. Bic yeah, for her. A, a guy might want to use pastel colored pens too. You know what? Sometimes you need those pastel colors depending on what you're doing. Why yeah, not? I could I could see lots of good uses for pastel colored pens. Pastel colors look cool. Yeah, they do. So the, so the pens are, I mean, they're nice colors, but no, they're for her. The Amazon reviews, I've, I'm such an Amazon review whore. I love that kind of stuff. And so uh, they linked to some of the Amazon reviews of these pens. And one of them says, not surprisingly, these pens cannot be used to do math problems more complicated than the fifth grade level. <laughs> 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 I'm sure if you click over to Amazon and read the reviews, they're That's spectacular. awesome. Yeah, they probably are. And they're, and they're supposed to be designed for a woman's hand, too, which is uh, – that's just stupid. They're not designed in any specific way. They don't for a woman's look head. like they're any different than any other big pen. Right. Well, now I'm going to have to test this. Yeah, I, I should buy a box. It write a review. Oh, uh, but I bought these pens. I couldn't even use them. They're they're straight and they come to a point. I mean, what am I supposed to do with this? They're so dainty for my five man fingers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, I have girl hands, so I'll probably be okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it, right? How many women have identical hands, too, if it's designed for a woman? <laughs> <laughs> They're designed well, the for ne- the right hand, the not next- the left. <laughs> <laughs> the next two of them, I think, are the silliest of all of these. Um, okay. The women's earplugs. <laughs> because you know they what, are though? pink. That's a great pink, though. I like the pink. Ah. Uh. Well, I like the pink too, but I thought we weren't talking about that anymore. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> 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 yes, they're lovely, but they're only for women. And the laxatives for women. <laughs> because and it says gentle enough for sensitive stomachs. I guess they're saying women have more sensitive stomachs than men. Are women are the only ones with sensitive stomachs? I don't know. Strong I wonder enough. if the dosage is different than for men. That'd be so interesting to find that out. You guys remember the deodorant, strong enough for a man, but made for a woman. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's like, I don't think women's needs and laxatives are that much different. I mean, you could just have laxatives that, if you want one that's more gentle, just say uh, gentle laxative on it, you know? 
or take a lower dose or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh. That's ridiculous. Make them pink and call them for women. And everything's that um, breast cancer pink. Everything is everything that is super, that pink yeah. now. Yeah. Albeit, I like. I thought the earplugs were a little bit darker pink. Mm-hmm. I like the darker pink better than the breast cancer. Pink. I do too. That the breast cancer pink makes me nauseous. Yeah, I, it's like Pepto Bismol. And pink. you know what makes me nauseous about it is that it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. I get it. Women get breast cancer. My mom got breast cancer. I get it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so sometimes awareness, you know, you too much awareness is just people start ignoring it. Hey, there is not enough awareness of prostate cancer. Mm. So true. What's the color of that? Brown. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking there's actually a ribbon color. There, there probably is. Right? I, I don't Brown know. Brown would be appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we're we're going to continue now. Yeah, let's go ahead and continue. Let's transgender okay. men and women's bathrooms. Is that where we're? Yes. Yep. Yep. I thought we had talked about this, but this is kind of an update, anyway, isn't it? Uh, the this one, the poster. I don't remember talking about it unless you talked about it when I wasn't here. We we didn't. Uh, we we definitely talked about this, but we might have cut it for some reason. I don't think we talked about this, or I wasn't here when we talked about this particular poster, though. I okay, never mind. I read the poster somewhere, and I thought we had talked about it. I don't think we have. All right, well, let's talk about it now. All right. All right. So, um, yeah, we're moving on to transgender things, which um, I thought fit really well with that, because uh, the the whole question of gender identity and uh, some people feeling so strong a connection to certain genders and certain gender stereotypes that they feel the need to, you know, do things like even though they were born with male genitalia, they feel the need to do things um, that uh, are stereotypically girly, like um, wear dresses or have the pink stuff and all that other kind of stuff. Uh, uh, And it's always been something that's really fascinated me that there are people who feel such a strong connection to this when um, I kind of think of these kinds of things as silly um, gender stereotypes. But, you know, I'm all for, you know, letting people do what they want to do and not judging them for it. Uh, This uh, thing I found here, um, it's basically a reaction to campaign by the LGBT plus society. What's the university here? UBU, the University of Bristol. Anyway, there there was a reaction to this by some people calling themselves the University University of Bristol Men's Plus Society, which apparently doesn't even exist on campus, so nobody knows exactly who put these up. They're trying to do a backlash against the idea that transgendered people should be allowed, like transgendered person who considers himself a woman or herself a woman, should be allowed into the women's bathroom. And so I'll read the poster. It says it's a purple poster and... uh, White lettering says, women, if a man tries to enter a woman's bathroom, please take these simple steps. All right, here's the first step. One, kindly ignore the fact that men, including transgender males, rape women every nine minutes. And, you know, that does seem a little too much. I mean, I can go at least 15 minutes without (laughs) raping a woman. (laughs) I guess the young people these days uh, just... No self-control. Yeah. Two, kindly surrender your boundaries. And three, don't worry about it. Men know better than you. So I just gonna, I'm going to point out the obvious. 
that if a trans woman entered a woman's bathroom, I probably wouldn't know that she was <laughs> trans. Well, the thing about this is apparently the argument is that if you let these quote-unquote men, they're calling them men, they self-identify as women, right. if you let them into the bathroom, then you're just asking for rapes to happen. And my big thought about that is, yeah, because rapists need your permission to enter the women's bathroom where there's no lock on the door. They're completely ignoring the fact that there are trans, trans transgendered women as well. In the men's room. In the men's room. Or trans, wait, that would be trans men. Trans, trans men in the men's room, trans women in the women's room, okay. right? I think that's how it goes. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, so uh, what are the trans men doing in the men's room? <laughs> <laughs> Are they inviting rape? <laughs> you know, here's the problem is that if we decide who we want in the restroom with us, men are going to lose because I don't really want another man in the restroom with me. Uh, another woman <laughs> is fine. What, what do I care about another woman? But I don't want other men in the in the restroom with me at any time. Do you know who I want in the restroom with me? Fucking no one. I want <laughs> to be by myself in the restroom. But in public spaces, we have to share bathrooms with other human beings and i don't i'm perfectly up. i'm perfectly all right with unisex bathrooms yeah me too i don't care yeah i am as well I, yeah. I don't have a problem with this but i do wonder for kids if that's a good idea and and i haven't necessarily thought it through very closely but i think that there is a a point where that is probably more required maybe adults who you know once they're mature enough to deal with that or maybe maybe it's the case that you should start the kids out young with uh, understanding that okay. uh, gender um, is uh, something that uh, they shouldn't take as seriously. Maybe that. I don't so know. That, that's a nice segue into my article about Kentucky State Senator C.B. Embry. R, of course, dropped a deuce on his state school children in the form of a piece of legislation he's calling the Kentucky Student Privacy Act. The goals are to prevent children from using the restrooms at school and to allow students to sue their school for $2,500 when they encounter, wait for it, a person of the opposite biological sex in a bathroom or locker room if staff have allowed it or failed to prohibit it. From the USA Today article I posted in the show notes, the bill backed by the Family Foundation of Kentucky would allow transgender students to ask for special accommodations such as a unisex bathroom. It comes in direct response to a controversy last year in Louisville where uh, Etheron High School principal Thomas Eberly allowed a transgender student who was born male but identifies as female to use the girls' bathroom and locker rooms. Can I get an amen? <laughs> yeah, I don't well, – yeah. So elementary kids – like what, what age – what age is it okay for kids to share or not share? I don't know. I, I don't have an answer about this. And and dumbass makes a really good point. I, I, I don't have an answer to this. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I mean I, I think I think uh, our society's, you know, big taboo on nudity, just being able to see other people nude can can be a bit problematic and I'm like my parents took me to a nudist camp when I was very little, and I thought that was a really, you know, interesting experience. It was it was a lot of fun and a kind of freeing to be nude around other people who were nude, and nobody was like having sex in public or anything like that. It was just people, you know, comfortable with their bodies. So uh, I, I guess people, the, the whole thing about 
uh, people being uncomfortable around other people's body parts and stuff. I, I think it's something that society would be better if we got rid of. Yeah. But, I, you know, it, you know, making proposals to actually do that it, is tricky. <laughs> you know, I, I don't I, – I struggle with this because it's like, okay, uh, I know that not seeing every woman naked is about sex. But do we want to desexualize the naked body? But would it? I don't know. Is that is that? I mean, I, I I don't know where to go with this because it's like I want people to just be more comfortable, right? To to right. to this point, you know, kind of like the nudist colony. But at the same time, you don't want to so desexualize things. Eh, that's never going to happen. Never mind. So, that was no. my, yeah, no. I anecdotally, uh, Sven and I shower together a lot. Like that's where we kind of get caught up with each other at the end of the day. And um, it doesn't seem to impact our frequency. Yeah, no, I, that's what I, I, I'm going to take it back. That, that was stupid. It's, it, <laughs> it's not like, it's like, I, I could propose a slippery slope where if we see people naked all the time and we desexualize everybody, nobody's going to want to have sex anymore. No, I think that's, yeah, that, that, that's, yeah, that's fucking that's, ridiculous. That's not going to work. Yeah, no, that's not going to work. Yeah, I guess we, we need to, it needs to be addressed, right? We need to kind of desexualize things to a certain extent where just because, I mean, just because I see a naked woman doesn't mean I'm going to, you know, attack her. No, right. of course not. It's it's ridiculous, but that's kind of what they're implying. This idea that you know, this idea about about uh, people getting raped in the bathrooms, trans men are raping women. Well, okay, I, I believe that rape is going on, right? It's a problem, but how many reports are there of trans men raping women? Or how many women? This is again anecdotal. When I I use a lot of women's restrooms in public with other women in there, I never see anyone else naked ever. Not once. Why would you? <laughs> because we have these nice little stalls with a door that closes, and you kind of respect each other's privacy. Even you don't at the, through the crack. Yeah, even in the men's restroom, you know, you, there, there's usually a divider between, you know, between the urinals. I, I don't see penises in there. And when there's not a divider, there's a, you know, strict unsaid pause. Exactly, you know, right? Eyes front, you know, try <laughs> to sure. try to pick a urinal as far away from the other guy as possible. No yeah. talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No rubbing elbows. No talking. See, this is fascinating. That's anthropology, urinal anthropology. <laughs> urinal right anthropology. Yeah. Well, because you know, but I mean, the problem, you know, when at the airport, they're so busy, it's hard to get a stall away from somebody. Man, you're 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 packed in there, man. When you when you're pissing, and but you don't look. I've never seen a penis. <laughs> no, you you look straight ahead or up at the ceiling. <laughs> and usually, it, it there'll, there'll be some advertisements up there, so you can you can pretend like you're reading. So I'm going to share a story that's not mine to share. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I have a couple of friends who uh, one of them is a very big guy and one of them is kind of a smaller guy. And um, the bigger guy was at a urinal in some bathroom somewhere, not where they live. And the smaller guy happened to be at the same airport um, and happened to see the bigger guy in the bathroom. And he walked up behind him and put his hand on his shoulder and was like, hey, nice penis. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so hilarious. <laughs> Scared the shit out of the bigger guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is bad etiquette. It's you don't do that. Yeah. That's, that's... <laughs> Not even if you know the guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although this, this idea that allowing them to enter the bathroom will cause more rapes, it's like, okay, if a person's a rapist... They're going to be like, 
Oh, the, but it's a taboo to enter the woman's bathroom. <laughs> right. That's the one thing holding me back from entering, from raping is the, <laughs> that it says women on the door. Yeah. Oh, I would have totally gotten that and woman, but she went I'm in that bath. <laughs> Put that I'm sign up this woman dress. because I want to rape her. Damn it. She went into the lady's washroom. <laughs> oh, shit. Now what do I do? Uh, there's two places that, that they'll never get, it, get raped. In the women's restroom and in the kitchen. <laughs> Men don't go in there. Oh. God. This, I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, what what situation are you imagining where some somebody would be intent on raping a woman, but the fact that there's this prohibit, prohibition against going in the women's washroom would hold them back? Well, if you're someone who is completely preoccupied and shameful about the human body and completely preoccupied by sex and shameful about sex, you just imagine these scary scenarios that are completely unrealistic. <laughs> I suppose yeah. so. So the South Park episode, I thought, did an excellent job of dealing with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did too. And in that, so they, I mean, they, they do a whole thing with the trans, Cartman decides he's transgendered, you know, so he can use, because he needs to use the re- the restroom and the stalls were full. Right. And that's how it kind of all starts. And it, uh, the whole, so, but in the end, what ultimately it was like, everybody kind of needs to do what's comfortable for them. Right, that was which kind is of, exactly how it should end. Yeah, yeah. yeah, except for for Stan. Stan had to use the cisgendered. Right. <laughs> um, I put a link into Hannah Rosen from Slate a few years ago, did an article for The Atlantic that's just fantastic, and it's a really deep dive on transgender. And then I put in three links about how gender's on a spectrum, right? So instead of thinking it in this really dichotomous binary that we tend to think of it as, it's well, really wait, isn't wait, wait. always that way. I'm very comfortable with that binary. Women have a vagina, men have a penis. Done. Right. <laughs> Yep. If only life were that simple. It, well, and that's the thing that said it's not. And but for these people making these laws, it it that that's kind of how I think that's how they see it. They don't want to even entertain the idea that there's anything other than the binary. Like right. they and can't this, even. This doesn't even get into intersex issues. Right. Yeah. Maybe the spectrum does. I, I don't know. The for, spectrum stuff probably. Yeah, probably. Does. But yeah, when that uh, Kentucky lawmaker is talking about the biological gender, I was like, what is he even talking about? Like because we talked someone. Maybe it was Kimberly was talking about, um, well, you can have like the, the plumbing, but then you have hormone, hormones that are off. So then you're not, you don't match your plumbing because of your hormones. And, you know, it's, you can be biologically transgendered. Well, this, what, you know, for Kimberly, this stuff kind of issues is extremely important because she falls into those categories. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We should have had her on. Yeah. She would have come back for this. Absolutely. I, I think she still loves us. She just doesn't oh, talk to so. us. We miss her. Though. We do miss her. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> she left us. She did leave us, yeah. <clears throat> well, we'll have a cry about that later. Yeah. I don't, like I don't miss you at all, Kimberly. <laughs> I don't like to cry in public. I'll do that privately later. <laughs> I like to cry during sex. Is it in a good way or a bad way? Because it's unpleasant or because it's so pleasant you can't help but cry? Maybe I don't want to talk about it. You're weeping for joy. <laughs> weeping for joy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I read that long uh, Hannah Rosen's Atlantic article that you put in there. That's huge article, but like really comprehensive about it. It's one of those things, like I said, I'm fascinated about it because I just don't – 
can't emotionally understand this huge gender identity thing. And, you know, I think about it and I don't think I have a huge gender identity. It's like, you know, I, I male because my genitals are male and I'm okay with that. But, you know, it's not a huge deal to me. Well, I, I certainly don't qualify, <laughs> fall into that category of the manly men, right? I, I've always been comfortable enough with my sexuality, but I, I wouldn't say that I have a strong, you know, um, I, I mean, I certainly identify as male. There's no doubt about that. And I'm attracted to women. So I kind of fit the category. Yeah, I'm the same way. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't have a huge attachment to my, um, to being male. So I'm a little bit of a tomboy, surprisingly. I'm sure you guys are shocked by that. Yeah, I'm, sho- I'm, I'm sh- <laughs> shocked that there's gambling going on. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, one thing though, when I really, I mean, I like, I like being a girl and I'm attracted to men and like whatever. I, I think it's cool that I'm a girl. I just don't. Like I would not be a princess Lego type of girl. I would be the spaceship type of girl. Well, still a girl. But the spaceships but are better. I, I mean... tell you what. Here's where my sexism comes in. Um, when I'm out riding my bike, either in a group or alone or whatever, and there's an aggressive driver, I'm like extra pissed off about it. I'm like, I am a girl. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's so unfair. But and it's not that I want special treatment, but I'm like, do you realize that you're behaving really aggressively towards a girl? Like really? I don't know. You know what? One of the stereotypes that pisses me off, um, and I have a boss that says this kind of crap all the time, women drivers. Mm. And here's the fact of the matter is they get fewer fewer reckless driving tickets than men do. Men get more tickets than, than women. There's a reason that it is more expensive to um, to insure a man. They're not better drivers. <laughs> So what they see, though, is me trying to back a big trailer and taking a long time about it because I'm not very good at it because I'm not as practiced as a man might be. And they're like, oh, those women drivers can't do anything. No, no, no. I would be terrible at that. I've never done that. Right. They, but what I'm saying is they, they pick up on, they cherry pick the one instance they saw someone struggling with parallel parking or they saw some, a woman struggling with whatever situation and they, and then they generalize that to all women. All women suck at this. Right. But here's the, here's the problem is that why is it cheaper to insure women? Right. Because they don't have as many accidents and they don't get as many tickets. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, well, the aggressive drivers are always guys. I guess we should. Always. Exactly. They get more yeah. workers. I mean, we should look at the statistics to make sure it backs up what I'm saying. But it, the, it is a fact that it's cheaper. My insurance is more expensive than my wife's. Well, not necessarily anymore now that I'm, I'm out of that demographic, right? Once you hit your 35 or whatever, it, it, it equalizes quite a bit. As far as that's concerned, but early, but you know, earlier, yeah, young males can be really stupid. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but that that's kind of the point is that this like, this stereotype of women drivers is total bullshit. Yeah, but yeah, back to um oh, sorry. Uh, about uh, transgender and like men and women's roles. It's really interesting to think about because apparently, like within it happens within the first few years of life that uh, some kids start to really latch on to certain roles and you know that there can't be anything like in their genes or anything that says oh you should like the color pink or you should uh, be more attracted to dresses because that's a societal thing but you know there there is something in there that's telling them i really want to identify more with female things these are female things uh, i want to go hog wild for those yeah i was a little surprised by the age in which this person started to identify that way because I couldn't have imagined even my kids, 
you know, I mean, they ran around in dresses and stuff like that, but I think that we put that that was pushed on them more than they were. I mean, attracted to that. I don't think, I don't know. Maybe they weren't. I, I, I found it odd how young he was to, to start identifying this way. Well, we might have said this before when we covered transgender, but one thing my young kids did is they tried on costumes. And so for a day or two or a week or whatever, they are what the costume of the week is. They're a brown bear or they're a Superman or they're whatever. And I wonder, with very young children, yeah, they might identify as one gender, and that's cool. But I wonder if the pressure from the parents who identify them as transgender, even if they're just like trying on a costume or trying out a role or playing a game, but then they're like, boom, you're transgender. We're labeling you. You're da-da-da-da-da. Here you go down this road. Yeah. I wonder if there's some of that in very young kids. I understand transgender is a thing. but I, I remember walking around in heels as a kid, trying them on to see what it was like because they were around. So I did it. Sure. Um, I think that's pretty normal. And I mean, the thing too is um, like you want these children. I think most people should be um, comfortable in their own body. So uh, when when you got a situation, I I don't know exactly you know what caused it or whether it can be prevented, but I don't think that um, you know hormone therapy and uh, surgery are a perfect solution for when pe people you know I mean it might be the only solution for some people who just can't feel comfortable in their own body the way it is, but um, if there's some way to prevent this from happening or to uh, help people feel more comfortable in their own bodies, you know, that might be a better solution. I, I don't know. Well, Kimberly, I think changing the culture would help with a lot of that. Yeah, I do too. It and might, that, just might. That was always one of Kimberly's points too, to go back to Kimberly, is that she felt that it was, that it was a, um, a societal acceptance issue as much as anything. And she was actually, um, she, she thought that surgery was not, I, I don't want to say against surgery, but she, she didn't feel like that was the best option. In most circumstances, that uh, or at all, I, I she was she was um, she had a, uh, a much stronger opinion about the surgery than I do. That she was not necessarily in favor of that. I wish I, you know, because we talked about that many times on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it it seems like that is a very extreme thing to do to yourself to have surgery to try to switch your gender, your physical sex characteristics to be more like what you self-identify as and it just it, it seem it seems like it would be better if people were more comfortable with their own bodies if we could if we could do something to help people feel more comfortable with the bodies that they were born with yeah right even if they're a little different yeah, I, yeah. what do you think about hormone therapies and steroid therapy or um testosterone therapies it's been a while since i read that article i'm if I'm remembering right, you can do it for a time. You can like postpone puberty. You can buy yourself some time, buy the kids some time to figure it out. And I, I kind of feel like that might be okay to do, but I don't know. I don't know all the risks. Uh, although some of them, I understand, have to take like hormone therapy for the rest of their lives in order to maintain their, uh, uh, what they, the gender they want to be. Like if they're they can grow hair if they're a woman on their face, or they sure. Or, or whatever, and they'll have, they have in order to keep that up, they have to keep taking these hormone therapies for the rest of their life. I wonder what the long term consequences of that health wise are. Yeah, that's a good point. I think though to to maintain that you do have to continue taking those because your body's never going to take over. 
if you're not already producing it. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's interesting. But if you need to pass, because of our culture, if you need to pass, right, mm-hmm. as your identified gender, that's maybe the safest thing to do physically for you is to pass as the gender. Do you remember you there was a, um, a the Donald Trump, uh, was it Miss Universe contest? And one of the contestants was a, they disqualified her when they found out, but she was a, uh, she was transgendered. Why did they disqualify her? Uh, because she was born a man. Why is that disqualifying? <laughs> like, I don't understand why that's. They a justified it in their rule set. Huh. I, I'm not saying it's just, but that's what no. they did. And that person had started hormone therapy at a, at a young age. And you would have never known that that woman was born uh, male. There, you, I, I mean, looking at her, she looked like a woman. She was extremely attractive. I, I, I would have none, no idea whatsoever had she not said something. So in some ways, I think uh, if, you, if you do think that that's what you want to do, starting it early is probably beneficial. Yeah, but also from that article, it seems like uh, a minority of the kids who actually show signs of uh, having uh, gender, whatever they call it, the, the want, needing to uh, belong to the opposite gender. I think it was like something like 20, 25 percent, uh, depending on what studies you use. Actually, when they got older, decided that they actually really did want to be the opposite gender. Right, and that's what I was talking about: um, buying yourself time, maybe by taking, yeah. giving your kid hormones to postpone puberty while they kind of figured it out, so that they're not locked into either gender. They have a few years to sort of think it through. Mm-hmm. But there's a male model. Well, see, I don't know. There's a model named Conchita Worst who wears a dress and is gorgeous. But he has a he or she has a beard, and I'm not sure what um, pronoun this person prefers. But it's just really interesting the way the beard with the dress challenges um, gender binaries too. It's interesting too, and I wonder how this works out. I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but um, I, I heard on a documentary on television at one time that most people who enjoy cross dressing are actually heterosexual. Yeah, uh, that's is it transvestites. Eddie Izzard. Is is uh, is a is it transvestite? But he's still attracted to women. But he likes to wear women's clothing. Yeah, um, it makes kind of sense to me because it's like you want to feel like you're closer to womanhood, you know? Because that that's what a lot of sexual activity is about. You want to be close to that ideal of what what a woman is. The last Radiolabs podcast had a story about a person who would switch back and forth between being male and female. And so she they, they she's she because she was she, she's she is full time she now. Um she's she started an estrogen therapy that finally gave her, her some relief. But she was born male, but she said she would spend about eighty percent of her time as a female and twenty percent as a male. And she would just have these flips in her, I guess, in her brain where she would feel like a, a male or feel like a female at different times. And she had no way of controlling it. It was It's a really interesting podcast. The last uh, Radio Labs. Yeah, you, that, that's a, a definite listen. Radio Labs. The, I forget what the name of the episode was. They do such a good job. Yeah, they do. But it was a really interesting phenomenon. And there's a, and uh, they've identified several people who are like that. 
Uh, they don't have an explanation by any means, but it does seem to be a real thing, hmm. which makes you kind of think about about these identifications that they are far more complicated than even the what we're um, than even the spectrum that we're giving it. Right, and that there is probably some biological component, even if it's a brain chemistry thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it, it seems kind of strange. There are people, they have this strong feeling of gender identity, and I wish I knew what that felt like. Do they, though, or do they think they're supposed to, so they pretend to? Huh. Hmm, that's a really good question. Is this another societal thing where people are just acting the way they think they're supposed to? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, they, they think that they're genuine in their own minds, at least. Right. Well, if they think they're genuine in their own minds, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Me too. Yeah. Okay. You know, as far as I'm concerned, as long as you're not hurting anybody else, you know, do whatever you like. I'm not going to judge you. Well, I'm going to judge you privately, but do whatever you like. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. We are human. We're big judging I, I machines. I judge you for wearing yeah. that dress with those shoes. Oh, that's right. right. Oh. <laughs> Fashion like, alert. Those shoes are non-functional. How can you even walk in those stupid shoes? <clears throat> you know, I kind of think uh, high heels are ridiculous myself. I, I do think that they are a ridiculous shoe, but I certainly appreciate when my wife puts on a pair for me. She looks good. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, they are. They do. Women look. I'm good. not going to quibble with your aesthetic yeah. senses. <laughs> it's just that you can't like leap out of windows and stuff. No, I... no, no. I, I think that they are an impractical shoe. I think it's ridiculous, especially these really tall ones. But I, there is something highly attractive about women wearing them. I personally don't see it. That's okay. <laughs> There's something wrong with you, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm not judging. I'm not really judging. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Not to, no, I'm not being judgy. <laughs> That's awesome. <clears throat> so uh, let's finish. Can we finish up with the password stuff and, and be done with it? Sure. Okay. It. So I mean, this, this particular uh, – we, we've talked about social engineering before. It's basically the idea that using certain skills in the way that you talk to somebody, being able to get information out of them that they normally wouldn't give out. And usually this is the practice skill, right? This is something that, that, that people work at, um, and they get good at socially engineering people and manipulating people. It's really manipulation. It really is. But Jamie Kimball, with the recent Sony hacks and some stuff that's been going on, decided to stop people on the street and, and, and ask them about their passwords. And the approach is so simple. They, they ask them about how they come up with their passwords. And some people say, well, it's like, um, it's my dog's name and the year I graduated. And they'll say, oh, really? Yeah, that's great. Hey, what is your dog's name? And they'll get to tell your dog's name. Oh, and where did you go to school? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, when did you graduate? And they'll tell them when they graduated. It's like, okay, now I got, you know, it's like that, they got their password. <laughs> and, and this, and so this, uh, this other guy, you know, they, they say, you want me to give you my password? I can't give you my password. Well, people really, they want to know, you know, we, that way we can tell you if it's a strong password or not. So he starts listing off his passwords. It's like, oh my God. I, I, I watched this and I just cringed because it scares me as an administrator that I have users that might do this. Just give out their password. It's not even that deceptive. 
It wasn't deceptive. Yeah. It wasn't. It was not deceptive at all. They're talking about passwords and, 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 they, and they ask them some questions about how they come up with them. And then when they find out the criteria, then they ask them about the criteria. I mean, right. it, it, was, it wasn't sneaky or anything. Hmm. So maybe all these people that are spending all this time, you know, honing and refining their social engineering uh, skills are wasting their time. Apparently, all you got to do is ask. <laughs> amazing it was a am- it's a this video was amazing i i watched it i was horrified <laughs> and scared i was i mean number one these passwords are absolutely terrible which makes me think that maybe some people i mean I, I i would like to know how many people didn't give their passwords but the fact that anybody did is scary whatever percentage that was right I know how easy it is for me to get users' passwords, particularly when I was doing IT support, right? And sometimes you really did need their password, but the, it, every user will tell you their password. If you say you're from IT support, hell exactly. yeah, they will. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, this is so-and-so from IT support. I, I'm getting <laughs> your password. I remember one time um, calling up uh, – I called them up, not them calling me up. So I knew that these guys were legitimate, but um, uh, this was uh, – uh, talking about a password, and it was um, it, it was a password that had some dirty words in it. So um, she and the woman asked for my password, and because uh, she needed to get in there, and I'm like, oh, okay, I guess. Uh, and it was it was just for like an email thing, nothing and nothing sensitive. I didn't put anything sensitive on there, so I just went. Like, I, I listed it off and tried to make the, the timbre of it so that <laughs> it would be harder to put it together, but she didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> because you weren't the first. Yeah. UCK. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would be more like F U C K I N. You know. Uh, it's Sum Ting Wong. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I, I, every administrator who watched this thing is just going, it, it's a facepalm moment. I mean, what can you do? The, the biggest security problem we have is, is users. If I can eliminate users, I can, I guarantee you, I can increase my security. <laughs> <laughs> Your productivity might decline. It might a little, a little. I don't know how much, but it, yeah, probably well a little. <laughs> It's just it's just funny to to think of you know because like I come up with these ridiculous passwords. Um, the the Sony breach seems appears to be an inside job. Sorry FBI, you look like a bunch of fools. I mean, there's clear indications that it's an inside job. Uh, maybe the FBI knows something that they're really not telling us. I don't know. Yeah, the inside person is is definitely the best way to hack a company too. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and if you can call somebody up. Get their credentials, you're halfway there. And I don't think it's that difficult. I think people will, if you can convince somebody you're of some sort of authority, you're going to give it up. They did They did a, another study or, th- or test with uh, IRS agents. And for the most part, they all rolled over and gave their passwords to people who you called up claiming to be IT. Wow. <sighs> it's scary and funny and horrifying. I- 
and and kind of sad <laughs> and yeah. kind of kind of sad but yeah the video is great everybody should watch the video definitely the video is cherry picked they they don't show anybody who said i'm not giving you my password um but that's fine it's for entertainment purposes it's not an actual study but the, some people they they just give up their password no problem i bet so. i'm picturing myself in this situation with tv cameras and someone famous talking to me i probably would i'd be so nervous yeah I wouldn't. I, I think I, – well, I, I say that. I don't think I would give up my password. But that's not to say I can't be socially engineered. Somebody can get to me, right? Sure. I, and, and, and I'm aware of that. Um, I don't know. That's a good point that, that you know, the, the, the TV crew there, the camera. Some chick in high heels. Yeah. Some chick in high heels. Yeah. Yeah, I give her my password. <laughs> yeah, I bet you would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I i don't know it's it is funny it's scary um but yeah you, you're right with the it's easy to be susceptible to this the situation was there it's the perfect social engineering scheme ah there's no good answer <laughs> damn it oh, people eliminate yeah, users people, people should take their personal password security really seriously <clears throat> i think i mean Maybe not for certain things. I mean, there are some places that I think go way too far. I mean, it's the it's the old thing where like, okay, I'm signing up to read articles on your site. Why do you expect me to, you know, put in 15 characters and have an uppercase letter and use this symbol and an extinct mammal and a hieroglyph? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Switch keyboard languages for that last. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, the switch keyboard language. <laughs> That's a really good. I, I, I yeah. don't care if somebody breaks into my account on this thing. I, I, just let me have a simple password. Can I just read the article now? Yeah. You know, that's a really good point. Um, I'm not so concerned. You know, different sites, different securities is fine, but I never use the same password twice. I every place I go, I have a different password. But to do that. And do it effectively. I, I, my compromise is I have to use a password manager. Right. I've got a couple things in place. I've, I've got like a password system in place where like certain things are the same and certain other things will change depending on the site. Okay. Sure. That makes sense. So like a, a system. Um, I've also, I've got one password that I use for the majority of things that aren't sensitive. Tell me a little bit more about your system. Well, you see, I started <laughs> off. <laughs> Girls in high heels. <laughs> That's right. I go to the site. So my password is password. <laughs> but, uh, but 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 here here's the clever part. It's password one. Oh, <laughs> one spelled out or the <laughs> so so take password, put it through an MD5 hash, take the hash, just the center five letters. Start with that as your first part of your pot, uh, first part, then take the site name, run it through a hash, use that as the second part of your password. Or you could just generate a, a random password. Yeah, or you can just use a, yeah, or you could just do that. I need to spend some time uh, retooling my passwords, I can tell. Basically, there, there are a lot of things you can do to make a, a really clever password. I mean, uh, you can use a, a common phrase that you really like and just use the first letters of each thing and... Um, of course, uh, make one of the characters uppercase that only you know which one it is. I mean, you can use like an old phone number that you used to have as a kid that uh, isn't in operation anymore or like an old license plate number. 
sure as part, of it. as part of it yeah well and i think that's that's the trick right is that you're using you're using different pieces right so you do some pieces that you know some pieces that are random and you can make a pretty strong password and not every yeah. password needs to be that strong Right. I, I no, do, not every password yeah. does need to be that strong, but you can make one that you can remember by using things by by just combining things together uh, in ways that you will remember it. Yeah, that's a yeah, absolutely. That's a good point. Yeah, but these people's passwords, the name of your pet, and the year you graduated is not acceptable. That's not good <laughs> no. enough. Fluffy 06 is not. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that no. That's no good. Although you could you you could like do something like fluffy with a capital F underscore star zero six, and that would be a lot harder to guess. Sure. Don't use your social security number. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what would that be for you? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Brian, give us your example here. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, six number. three. <laughs> Some dashes in there. Some dashes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so anyway, it was fun. It, it was. It, it's. It's kind of telling, right? And like I say, it's cherry picked. They only give the people that gave the best responses. But yeah, just like uh, Jay Leno used to do with his jaywalking, he only found like the people who really gave him silly answers. Yeah. Exactly. And I think a lot of them probably played that up just because they wanted to be on TV. Well, that's the other thing, right? Is that that there's some of that going on here too. The funniest guy was the guy who who they who they got him to give the password, and then he went, "Oh man, I just gave you my password." <laughs> 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 it's like it dawned on him. It's like, oh, John Smith's bank accounts are now yeah compromised. Spank the monkey twenty forty eight. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else, guys? No. Well, thank you very much for joining me this evening. You are very welcome, Brian. It's always <laughs> fun to be here. I love doing podcast. Say goodnight, everybody. Good night. Well, if you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time you're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. You could always roast us in a voicemail at 720-295-7785. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons share-alike, no-derivatives, 3.5 license. So, hand it to an unsuspecting friend, but please, just don't change the content. Intro music by Peter Kennel. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash p-k-a-n-o-l. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraitry.